Hello, friends. Welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast. This is our 30th episode. It's Master Sunday, so we're going to speak in hushed tones for this entire podcast. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's the Blue Gold Game recap. With me, as always, is Lars from his headquarters in Canada. Lars, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Eric? Good. So uh, the blue team, which was the offense, defeated the gold team, which was the defense, by a score of 63-58. to 58. The offense jumped out to a huge lead in the first half um, with their wacky scoring system. I believe the, the first half ended at 57-15 to 15 was the score, but in the second half, the defense got some revenge, piled on some points, but even though they came up uh, five points short of the quote-unquote victory. So uh, before we get into some of the stuff that we saw in this game, uh, Notre Dame via athletic director Jack Swarbrick unveiled some big news, and that is that the natural grass will no longer be inside Notre Dame Stadium. They are going to be switching to a field turf um, solution, as it were. What are your thoughts on this uh, breaking news that was broke on Saturday? Uh, I think my comment on the site was, pretty much sums it up, which was uh, it's about time. Um, you know, I, I guess the, the reaction to it's been pretty interesting. I don't. I, I'm having a tough time following um, the the reason that people are you know so bothered by it. I, I understand the importance of tradition at Notre Dame, um, but you know. It shouldn't be tradition for tradition's sake. Tradition is there to preserve the things that make Notre Dame unique, things like being a faith-based institution, things like promoting excellence um, as a student and as an athlete. And so, you know, we certainly need to pre preserve those traditions, but I, I don't know that you necessarily need to preserve every tra tradition just because it is a tradition. And certainly grass would be a perfect example. I would argue that um, the grass field probably... Uh, to some degree, flies in the face of, of the tradition at Notre Dame, which is one of excellence and, you know, being able to go out there and compete. And, and I think that it's probably reasonable to argue that, in particular in the last few years, uh, the field hasn't, um, you know, the grass field certainly hasn't defined the concept of excellence. It's uh, It's been in rough shape, and that's not to suggest that the grounds crew hasn't done a great job. It's, it's just a reality. And so I think to... to to allow our, our athletes and allow the other team's athletes to go out there and actually compete and play at their best, I think you need the best surface possible. And the reality is grass just wasn't good enough and uh, and wouldn't allow that. And so it, to me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you hit on a lot of the things that I was going to say. Um, you know, when you talk about what's really important at Notre Dame, you know, the Catholicism, you know, doing things the right way off the field. Um, and even if you want to... Uh, you know, really focus in on what's important for the football team. You know, you could say maybe the gold helmets, um, the stadium itself. I think is very important. I think people kind of lose sight of that. But um, yeah, and you know what? I, I think it largely was a very positive reaction from most of the fans. And uh, you know, I, I think that was pretty easy to see. Um, this isn't something that was sudden. We knew this has been in the works, at least talked about for the past three years. Um, I. Personally, I don't. I think, you know, we've been talking about this as long as I've been at one foot down. So, um, you know, I've always been talking about it on every off season or any time the field doesn't look good. Uh, I do get a, a kick out of the people who are very upset about this. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't think there's really anything that we can do about that. People are kind of set in their ways, and and uh, you know, they're going to fit the narrative to whatever they want. So, uh, 
but I'm excited to see the turf. I really am. I think it's going to be pretty neat to see, um, you know, what the the stadium's going to look like with a, a really nice looking turf in there. Um, not that the the grass usually looks pretty good in September, although we've seen some spotty areas in the in the past, even in the home opener. But uh, you know, you got Under Armour coming in, the new turf. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to look uh, very sharp. I wonder if they end up putting a logo on the in the middle of the field or anything like that. I, I sort of doubt it. but um. Um, You know what? I was thinking about that, and Jack Sorbert kind of mentioned that he said, um, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing it right, but he doesn't think they would do anything differently. But, I, you know, I think they're going to keep those, those stripes in the end zone, but I think there might be something at midfield. I think maybe a gold ND or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised with that, which would further incite the people that are angry about it, but I think would be, you know. You know, I've, I've always said I, I think a midfield logo would be a good idea. I'd, I know it's kind of a, a silly reason, but there's times when, you know, you can see the play and you're kind of not watching closely enough and you're like, well, is he at the 40 or the 45? And, and a mid, midfield logo kind of allows you to quickly pick up where the players are in relation to that 50-yard line. Yeah, it would it would look sharp. I think another part of of uh, this discussion that hasn't been mentioned that all that much is the safety factor. Um, we certainly questioned last year a couple times when we had some injuries um, with guys slipping around on the field if if maybe the field had an impact uh, in terms of their injuries. The other thing is if you've ever been to Notre Dame Stadium, it's pretty tight. Like there's not a whole lot of room outside of the sidelines, and I don't know exactly what they were talking about, but I think it also gives them the opportunity to get rid of some of the concrete that's around uh, the sidelines and potentially make it a little bit safer for the players. So if that's the case, that's something I'm all for as well. Yeah, there was even a, a play during the Blue Gold game where uh, Zaire rolled out to his right and uh, just missed Procise on the into the front corner of the end zone, and then he kind of bounds a couple steps, and then he hits that concrete, and every time you see a player get on that with those cleats, you're always like, oh my god, he's going to get hurt, of course, with that brick wall right there in front of him as well. Yeah, I, I always think that when I and when I've been in the loft to center, I always think that too, like, why didn't they make this thing a little bigger so guys aren't running running into um, just about running into the wall and that sort of thing. It always scares me. Alright, so uh, we'll look forward to that. I know they said that the very last day of completion for that will be August 15th. I'm sure they'll have it done before then. Uh, so who knows, maybe we'll see something dur during fall camp, um, doing some work inside the stadium. Maybe we'll get some video coverage of that or whatever. Um, so let's get to that game. Um, as always, it's a spring game. Uh, you know, giant grains of salt everywhere for all these players. Uh, everyone seems to be talking about Malik Zaire. Uh, I'm fin just finishing up my my review after taking a second look at this game. Um, you know, it's kind of hard not to come away impressed with uh, what Zaire looked like, even though you know he wasn't live and a lot of more sacks could have been called and stuff like that. But uh, I was very pleasantly surprised personally. Um, you know, I think the one way I could put it is in definitely in terms of passing. I thought, you know, in video game terms, he's kind of a, I thought maybe he was a 67 or a 77, 78 type of a thrower, and I think he kind of moved into the 80s in my in my book after watching him throw on Saturday. Uh, better arm strength than I thought. Um, way more accurate than I thought. I didn't really see any throws that were just terribly inaccurate. You know, we talked a lot about with his fundamentals, throwing the ball a little bit high. I thought he was pretty well. Did really well with that. Um, did pretty good with his checkdowns. A um, couple deep throws were, were nice. And, uh, you know, 
just overall looks like he's progressing really well. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And as someone who's you know broken down his throwing mechanics, certainly I thought that we were going to see a little bit of inconsistency from him, and and we didn't. So that was very very good. Really happy with his accuracy. Um, you know, again, we do have to take it with a grain of salt. It's different when you're getting hit and and those sorts of things. But still, it was a it was a really nice step for him. I think I was impressed with as we said, obviously his accuracy. Also, the thing you know, I really liked his body language and his demeanor. Um, this guy's a competitor, and you can just see that right away, and you can see some real intangible leadership qualities there that I didn't necessarily see from Everett Golson that I was a little disappointed in. Um, so there was a couple things that I really liked about his game, and, and certainly, um, you know, he still has a little bit of a, a hitch in his little bit of extra motion in his uh, in his throwing motion, but uh, he sure zipped that ball in there when he needed to, and uh, and I thought really did a nice job, really nice job. Yeah, and you know, I really liked was that kind of three-quarter sidearm deliver that he showed on a couple throws, particularly on that one he zipped into Carlisle on that touchdown. I, you know, maybe that's not perfect fundamentals, but, you know, that gets the job done, and he can throw the ball pretty hard doing that. Yeah, because that was actually really good coverage. I think that might have been Barati on that one. I was kind of taking a look at that play, and, and uh, there was nothing that you could take away from the coverage. That was just a, a perfectly thrown ball and a really nice catch by Carlisle, too, because that was a fastball. Yeah, and uh, let's talk about Everett Golson a little bit. Um, you know, my recap, I kind of just said he looked almost the exact same last year during the spring game, a uh, little panicky in the pocket, a little off with some throws, um, definitely showing his athleticism on a couple of runs, getting out of the pocket, but... Uh, you know, pretty much the same as last year. I don't know, obviously he didn't play, so we didn't really get to see what he looked like in 2013, but, you know, I was mildly disappointed that he doesn't, he didn't, at least in the scrimmage, look to take a step forward, and he looked pretty rusty, I thought. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was about what I thought I would, what he would be that game, to be honest with you, Eric, and, and I've said this, I think he's going to be a work in progress through the year. I you know, I think you're going to see some flashes of brilliance and you're going to see some times where you just scratch your head a little bit and are puzzled. Um, and, you know, that's not on, you know, that's not a criticism of the coaching staff or means that, oh, we don't know how to, you know, recruit quarterbacks and all this sort of thing. It's just the natural progression for most quarterbacks. Not for everybody. Sometimes you get a guy who's, who's further ahead of the curve, but for the most part, this is the way it goes. It's a very complicated position and it takes time to, to really get good at it. Um, the year off is going to hurt him. There's no question about it, and uh, and I think that was evident in the spring game. Um, so, but he, you know, he showed us some. There was some passes that, uh, boy, he, you know, some incredible touch, and and the guy is magic when he breaks the pocket and and just kind of makes things happen. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, there's some things about his demeanor. I I, I liked him and uh, Zaire kind of laughing and joking when they did the interview at the end there. And uh, you know, they seem like they have a really good relationship. That they're competing, which is good. Um, and there's you know some some a little bit of tension there in terms of the competition, but they can put that away. And and they obviously have a relationship where they can laugh and joke a little bit. So that was really good. One of the things that I didn't really like on on Golson was. 
uh, the body language at times, a little bit of, you know, when a play didn't go right and that kind of little bit of hanging his head, a little bit of dropping the shoulders, that sort of thing. And, and you just can't have that from your quarterback. And, and so that's something that I think will come along as he gets more comfortable over the summer here. But I think it's something that we really need to see him take a big step up on is, um, has he matured? Is he starting to mature and do a leadership, a leader? And one of those things that I look for is kind of the body language, especially when, uh, you know, when things don't go well. That's that's the coach coming out in me because that's one of the things that I always look for. So one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of Golson in the spring game is uh, it, it seemed like he was holding the ball a little bit too long on, on a few plays. And, uh, you know, you can look at that one of two ways. Now, in a regular game, maybe he just takes off vertically, north-south, gets five to eight yards, and we go to the next play. It seems like in these spring games he waits a little bit too long, and then he, he almost does what Clawson did back in 2007. It kind of doubles back um, away from pressure, and obviously he's quick enough to get away from anyone on the defense that's not Jalen Smith. So, um, you know, another other thing in terms of talking about that is it seems like he's almost overly protective of the ball, which I think is good, you know, when you think about it, he didn't really have any almost turnovers in this game. Zaire really should have had an interception if Farley would have caught it. Um, made a quick little throw to his left that seemed to go right through Farley's hands, and I actually do think he threw an interception that was called a sack um, after he let the ball go. But, you know, Golson does a good job protecting the ball. Do you think he was a little bit too protective? It seemed like, you know, he had some one-on-one -on -one coverage in this game, and he was a little bit too hesitant to let the ball go. Yeah, he uh, he probably was, and that's you know by design, and that's probably by experience, because you have to remember, um, you know, his path to winning the job was not it was being someone who does not turn over the ball. With obviously, um, in contrast to Tommy Reese and the problems that he's had, so I think that's something that's been drilled into him from uh, from day one, and certainly that's a good place to start. I'd much rather see a quarterback be a little more cautious with the football, um, especially early on in the spring, and especially when he's rusty and not quite feeling the timing with his receivers, uh, I think that's a wise way to go. And I think we will see that improve over time. Uh, and I'd certainly agree that the timing was off. And again, that's to be expected. All right, so the running backs didn't really get a whole lot of work early in this game. Um, both Golson and Zaire were slinging around during that first quarter. Um, eventually, though, the running game got, got going a little bit um, in the second quarter and then into the second half. Uh, the fourth quarter is pretty much um, really nothing going on in that quarter with the running time and everything. Um, what do you think about the running backs? Um, obviously, the passing game was there, which we haven't seen in, a, in at least a year. Um, pretty good in the passing game. I thought okay in the running game. Is that what you thought? Yeah, yeah, I thought they looked good. I actually had written... Uh... I, when I was taking notes watching the game, I wrote down that the D had been pretty good against against the run, and then literally, and I was thinking, oh, watch, now something will happen, and then I think the next player within two plays, uh, Bryant ripped off that big big run, so I think he was really the guy that we all wanted to see and, and get some glimpses of, and I think we saw that. Um, you know, we know what we're going to get out of Cam. We got a pretty good idea what we're going to get out of Folston, and so it was just a matter of of kind of getting a sense of Bryant. And I think it's pretty clear that that he's very talented. Those are three very good football players, and I think we're going to be in good shape this year. And and yeah, they look good in the passing game. And it was nice to see us actually execute a few screens. That was uh, borderline shocking. Yeah, I was going to ask you. As my next question was, the screen game actually looked pretty good. 
yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what made it click or or why it looked good or and if that's just a function of the blue and gold game, but uh, yeah, certainly that was nice to see. Um, I suspect some of it has to do with just the type of athlete that's back there as well, um, and you know, sort of an upgrade in terms of the talent level across the board for the team. So hopefully that's the case, and it sure would be nice to see the screen game uh, get going a little bit because it can be a really potent weapon. Yeah. Um... What do you think of the receivers? Uh, pretty much a couple big plays for everyone out there. Uh, Chris Brown caught a 47-yard pass. Uh, Robinson caught a 37-yard pass. Procise 39. Fuller 29. And about five others had at least a pass over 10 yards. Um, that seemed to be pretty much how the game went. There was either a nice longer pass or a bunch of dump-offs and screens, which I think is pretty much what the Kelly offense is going to be. Yeah, no, I think we definitely saw a glimpse into what they want to be, um, and that's a combination of vertical attacking passing game, but also you know being able to do those uh, secure kind of short high percentage passes. So I thought the receivers looked good. Um, you know, I, I, it'd be nice it'd be nice to watch a little film, but I saw lots of little things in terms of blocking and getting busy downfield, and um, uh, you know, I thought they did a, a really good job. Obviously, um, the thing that stood out to me most was uh, Procise in that touchdown uh, catch. That was, I mean, he just turned the Rockets on there, and I just, my jaw just about bounced off the ground. And, uh, you know, our, Amir Carlisle had a nice game too, so I, I thought that uh, I came out of it thinking, you know, we might just be okay at the slot position. Um, you know, certainly we have to be wary of, um, you know, the competition that they're going at at times you saw walk-ons um, like Corey Robinson made a, a number of catches over uh, Connor I apologize if I get his last name wrong Cavalaris uh, one of the one of the walk-on corners a senior number 47 but you know they're gonna be facing a different talent level um, starting the season so you got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt but I was really pleased with the receivers I thought they did a nice job and there's lots of talent there and when Oh, you know who the other guy I should mention is uh, Chris Brown. I mean, he did have the one unfortunate drop, but otherwise I thought he looked very, very good, and uh, I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, I mean, in terms of a stat line, you can't really ask much out of, much more out of him. Five catches for 105 yards. It looked like he was going to take that long pass in for a touchdown. He ultimately couldn't beat the safety. Um, you know, you mentioned Procise, um, although I would say it was kind of bad tackling on that play, but... Uh, for his size, he's 220 pounds. He can really run it at that size. It's pretty amazing. Well, it, that was impressive. And what really impressed me is when he made the catch and then the acceleration. And then he just outran guys' angles. Like, guys had angles on him, and he just outran them. That was an impressive, impressive uh, play. I was I was blown away. That might have been, for me, the most impressive play of the entire game. And there was another play. I, I don't, I'm not sure if it was Golson's first pass. It might have been. He tried to hit Robinson on a slant, and he threw it a little bit behind him. I really wanted to see um, Robinson catch that ball. Um, I'm not saying that he should have, but I just wanted to see what he was like on a, on a play like that, working in space and not working downfield. I, I really wish we could get more out of, more out of that with his game. Yeah, that's going to be the key for Robinson is can he develop into a, you know an every-down player, a well-rounded player, and... And, you know, only time's going to tell that. Sure, every, everything we hear about him is very, very positive, and he's very coachable, and certainly we know he'll be working hard in the weight room, that sort of thing. And we also know that if you throw the ball up to him, he's going to go get it. So, yeah, then, then it's going to be the little nuances. Can he run the slants, and can he make those plays that, uh, 
you know, those little plays that maybe nobody else can or very few people can can make. That's going to be the next step for him. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yep, and uh, the tight ends, uh, steady as she goes. Yeah, I, I like the tight ends again. I was pretty happy with them. I thought they did pretty much. I think Koyak had one drop, um, but otherwise I thought they, you know, I haven't had enough time to really watch them in terms of blocking, but, you know, in the passing game I thought they did a nice job and and uh, looked like they had pretty good chemistry with the quarterbacks, and, and I was fairly pleased with them. Now, the offensive line, um, I think if you were just watching this game, it looked like they were giving up a lot of pressure with the quarterbacks. Did you were you seeing that when you were watching the game? I, I, my first thing was I thought they were giving up a lot of pressure uh, on the inside from the defensive line, and a lot of the pressure from the uh, outside was coming from either linebackers or secondary players. Yeah, they. Uh, it was a bit of a hodgepodge on the offensive line, and there was uh, lots of guys playing different positions and kind of being, um, you know, there's kind of guys all over the place. And so I, I think some of that continuity was missing, and there was definitely... Um, some blitzes and some slide protections that they just flat out missed and uh, that'll get cleaned up and as the year progresses so I wasn't overly concerned about that but but yeah they definitely gave up a little bit of pressure and and they should have because uh, you know at times the Notre Dame defense was being pretty aggressive and, and coming at them pretty hard so I didn't think it was a it was it was an okay job um, you know, until Bryant broke off that big run, I was a little disappointed with the run game, and we didn't seem to be able to generate a whole lot of movement up front. And that, for me, was you know a little bit concerning. That's something that uh, that I wanted to, to see a little better job on the pass protection. I wasn't super concerned about it, but uh, especially with Golson back there, that certainly helps because he's pretty good even when he does get pressure. Yeah, and a couple of the big passing plays, I thought the pass protection looked pretty nice. Uh, on the one from Zaire to Procise, um, Zaire saw the blitz. Uh, he moved the running back over, and then he just, you know, quickly threw the ball to Procise. They picked up the blitz, and uh, again they got a touchdown out of it. And then Golson's pass to Robinson down that um, left sideline was also another nice blitz pickup as well. He had, uh, I think they brought eight guys on that play, and they picked it up pretty nicely. And Golson read the single coverage outside, and it's a pretty easy play really, when you look at it, if you have enough time to get the ball out. Yeah, yeah, and that's the key, having that time. And so, and that's the part where I sort of want to reserve judgment on the whole pressure thing, too, because when you don't get to hit the quarterback, you don't get a full sense of the pressure. Um, and and in particular, um, you know, quarterbacks, once they start to get hit, even if you're not sacking them, it, it tends to have an impact. So, But when you know that you're not going to get hit, it's pretty easy to be brave and, and stand in there till the last second. <laughs> What you see out of the defensive line? I, my amateur opinion, I saw a lot of stunts. I don't know if that was just kind of what they were doing for most of the game, um, and I think that kind of led to some decent pressure up the middle. I thought maybe the offensive line wasn't communicating as well, um, you know, knowing that some guys were in different spots. I think I even saw Connor Hanrady at right tackle early in the game, so, you know, it was definitely a hodgepodge, like you said. Yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. In terms of what I saw from the D-line, uh, and again, it'll be nice to be able to break it down and have a little more time to really investigate that, but definitely saw some what I call twists, or, well, this type of stunt, um, with the 
you know, with the ends uh, kind of looping inside and the tackles uh, looping to the outside. And that was a real staple under Bob Diaco. Um, what I did notice was I saw a lot more integration in the blitz package in terms of what the defensive line was doing and what the linebackers were doing. And Diaco tended to be sort of a kind of a straight-ahead blitzer. And what we saw a lot more was... Um, defensive linemen shifting and then linebackers looping around and blitzing off of that so you get kind of a nice little crossing motion there um, so definitely saw a fair bit of that which was nice to see saw a little bit of 30 front and then a fair bit of 40 front so be interesting to see how that breaks down as well did anybody stand out to you in the defensive line I was trying to watch it during the game and then I watching it on the replay and I you know didn't really see anybody jump out I know Aquara had three sacks but didn't really seem like any of the defensive linemen were just, you know, abusing any of the offensive linemen and getting those sacks. It really did seem to be the, the quarterbacks not getting rid of the ball on time or, you know, kind of running around and then turning their back and running into a defensive lineman or something like that. Did you see anything? No, not yeah, same same thing. Not particularly. It wasn't any because you know you'll get like precise on that one play. He really flashed like he saw something. He went whew. I didn't see that from anybody on the defensive line. Um, it was a solid kind of bring your lunch pail and your hard hat kind of effort and just do your job sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think we're still looking for an explosive playmaker out of that defensive line. Sheldon Day is certainly a good candidate for that. be nice if we get somebody off the edge, and but I'm not sure if we're going to get that. Now with the linebackers, this is your specialty. Um, I wasn't sure what to take away from from them during the spring game, so I just kind of watched what they were going to do with Jalen Smith, and uh, at least early on, they were in a lot of nickel packages with Farley at nickel, um, Joe Schmidt was at the Mike linebacker in the middle, and then um, Jalen Smith was at the Will linebacker shaded into the middle. Um, any Anything to talk about with the linebackers? Yeah, um, no, not particularly. I was trying to watch um, Deeb and some of the young guys as well, but we're going to need a little more time to really be able to evaluate how they played, um, but uh, I didn't see anything that really stood out to me. Um, I, I thought they were okay, and you know, there's some there's some definite athleticism there. Um, certainly, I tried to watch Turner as much as possible, and in particular, I watched him uh, when Cam McDaniel scored his touchdown because he was in there. I'm not sure if he's at the will or the mic or where he was. Likely the will. Um, and I just wanted to see if he could stand up, and he took a guard on and and did a nice job. Um, kind of stood him up and, and held his own ground. So so that was nice to see. So, no, there wasn't anything. Um, Jalen, you know, it'll be because I've been a big proponent of Jalen playing in the middle and being able to make plays all across the field, which is good, but he doesn't look comfortable to me yet. Um, he still looks like he's thinking things a little through, uh, through a little too much. His stance looks just a little bit off, and he's not quite as explosive as we'd like to see. So... That's going to be interesting. They're really going to need to make sure that uh, that he's playing fast and, and just letting them go. Yeah, I was watching Turner a little bit as well, and it seemed like they used him near the line of scrimmage a lot more than I thought they would. Um, I know at least one blitz, he came off the edge really well, and I think he, I don't know if he was got the sack that was actually registered, or he probably would have if it was live, but you know, pretty pleased with the way he can come off the edge like that. I don't know if that's just kind of going to be the way he plays as kind of a third down edge rushing guy but you know he's he's not the biggest guy obviously he's only a safety really in, in size but uh, I was pretty happy with his, his speed and some of the 
points where he was playing physical. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. And I think that's probably one theme to take from the linebackers um, is there is definitely a premium placed on speed out there. So that's exciting to see. And I tried to, you know, write something about the corners, and I really couldn't find much to write about. Uh, I don't think Russell played much at all. Uh, maybe a couple series. Um, I think Luke played a little bit longer, but uh, besides that one pass breakup um, near the end zone, I don't think he was really involved all that much. Um, you know, Farley played some nickel. Um, I think he had four or five tackles. I didn't really notice him a whole lot. Um, the one thing that was curious to me is that Connor Calavras was playing over Jalen Brown on the uh, the blue team, but well, defense, the second unit, I guess, that was coming out, which is pretty crazy to me. I was really high on Jalen Brown. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe that's a motivation thing or whatever. Did you see anything with the corners? Yeah, no, same thing on the corners. Uh, it was a little odd, some of the personnel, and there wasn't a huge amount to, to pick up, and I, I certainly did watch them, and and uh, I was surprised there was a lot of off coverage, which surprised me, and there's a few times where I'm not sure what they were trying to do in terms of their uh, their coverage principles. I think it might have been, uh, not sure, I think it was Josh Atkinson who got beat on uh on that pass to Chris Brown on the long one. Whoever it was, the corner sort of let him go and looked like he was passing him off to the safety. So, um, yeah, it was sort of a curious performance from the corners, I thought, a little bit. Um, not a whole heck of a lot to see there. The odd little flashes of, of good plays, but, um, yeah, it's going to be... We're going to need to see some more out of those guys for sure this year, and they're going to need to be able to lock up if we want to be an aggressive defense for sure. And I kind of felt the same way with the with the safeties as well. It's kind of weird, you know, the quarterbacks threw for 456 yards, and you'd think that there would be a lot to talk about with the secondary, but it didn't really seem like a whole lot was going on there. I was pleased with what I saw at a shoemate. Um, looks like he got some of his aggressiveness back. Um, you know, didn't see anything terrible out of Redfield, which I guess I'll take for now. Um, it'd be nice to get something out of him in the fall in terms of making plays. Um, I'm pretty... Pretty down on Austin Collinsworth, um, and I just finished up writing that one in my in my review of the game. Um, you know, just not sure what we're going to get out of him. I know the coaches trust him at this point, but uh, just in terms of size and speed and athleticism, I don't know if we can really depend on him back there for 12 game season. Um, Do you see anything in the safeties during the blue gold game? Yeah, safeties are hard to evaluate, too, with the nature of film, uh, the film that you get from NBC, and obviously not knowing the different coverages and, and responsibilities and that, so it's sometimes tough to get a bit of a sense of what they're doing. The only guy who really showed some flashes to me was uh, Shoemate. Um, he made a nice play on that uh, pass up the seam to, I think it was Carlisle, where he basically came and uh, might have been a touch early, but uh, it was a nice, aggressive play. Um and otherwise, it was a pretty pedestrian performance from the safeties, I thought, which was unfortunate. Uh, the guy whose who's stock is dropping a little bit for me is uh, is Hardy. Um, you know, just a few times, again, he just looks a little touch slow, touch tentative, a little bit lost out there sometimes. And I thought the same thing in some of the, um, some of the practice, some of the clips from the practice film that I saw, just, you know, just a... a a little bit, I don't know, lack of sense of urgency it seems like at times. So, yeah, safety's a really weird position. Um, you know, I could see, uh, I don't know, I think, yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you who I think the two best safeties are right now. Um, you know, there's nobody that's really 
separated themselves in my mind. Now, having said that, we have to take that with a grain of salt because we haven't seen them play enough. So, um, you know, the coaching staff seems pretty happy with them and seems to have a good idea what everyone can do. So we shall see. All right, so after this spring game, um, how are you feeling about the season as we go into the summer? you feel a little bit better than you did before spring, a little bit worse? Uh, I feel a little bit better, actually. Um, I'm still a little bit concerned about this team. It's a young team, and I think they're going to be very inconsistent but uh, at times, but there's definitely a lot of talent there, no question about it. Um, you know, I think we're probably still a year or two away from being really, really good, but um, it's, it's exciting to see these guys. I still don't know what we're going to get out of the defense. I think the offense could be could be pretty solid. I, I think it'll be an improvement over the last two years. It certainly should be, and really actually stands a chance to be pretty good. So I think it's a good team. I'm feeling a little better, better about things over the summer, but I'm probably, I was probably a little more pessimistic, and not even pessimistic. I think I'm probably a little more cautious than, uh, than most fans. I you know, I don't anticipate this being a team that's just going to go out there and, and uh, run the table. And, you know, I think they're definitely going to be at times very, very inconsistent. They're going to show some flashes of absolute brilliance. And then I think they're going to show some flashes of <laughs> less than brilliance. If you could pinpoint one position that you're most worried about, what, it would, what would it be? Oh, boy. Um, I'd say probably still linebacker. Um, you know, I haven't seen answers there, and, and there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I'd probably almost go, to, to be honest with you, most of the questions for me are on the defensive side of the ball, and it would start with linebacker, just who's going to play where, and then uh, the second would be defensive line, and in particular the depth on the defensive line really concerns me. And, uh, and then I would actually put the safeties next. I, I'm just not sold yet on our safeties, and I, I hope that I'm wrong on this, but I'm just not I'm not blown away by those guys. They haven't developed the way we think that they should, and certainly it's a tough position, so maybe the light bulb will start to go on, but those would be probably my three biggest concerns. You know, I'd probably argue that safety would be number one, in my opinion. I, I just don't know what we're going to get out of Redfield, and Collinsworth, you know, is just, you know, "Quote unquote," the gritty player, but just really hasn't done a whole lot over his career. And uh, I think, you know, especially if we see a lot more of that press man coverage, and those safeties are really going to have to to develop and become um, bigger playmakers than than we've seen in the past. Um, I don't know if you looked at it, but it seemed like we saw a lot more uh, one high safety looks during the game, and you know, I think that puts more pressure on that guy back there. So you need to really make sure they play smart and and are able to make plays. Yeah, I, I noticed some more uh, single high safety, and I think that's that's the plan. Um, I'll be very interested to see what happens with Farley and Riggs here this season, how they're going to use them, because um, those are two very experienced guys, and so I think, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how, how that goes and what impact that can have, and do they put Riggs at safety maybe? I think he's coming to Notre Dame and to play corner but uh, or play some nickel, but... Yeah, they may have to they may have to slide them over there, but I, I think we still maybe have a few more answers in that secondary potentially, but uh, we'll see. I agree with you, Eric. The safety's uh, perplexing at this point. All right, that pretty much wraps up. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before our thirtieth uh, episode is done? No, I think that pretty much covers everything. All right. Um, 
Hopefully we'll be back within another week or two. Uh, we're going to probably shift our focus on the podcast a little bit more recruiting. Um, hopefully I can get some recruiting folks onto our podcast and uh, stay on top of that stuff. Um, as always, we'll continue to uh, bring you the OFD film crew. Um, once the replay is up online, we should get a lot of posts out of that stuff. Um, Lars is working on some stuff right now. Uh, maybe we'll get some of that out this week. So on behalf of Lars, I am Eric, and we will see you later. Yeah.